loves, welcome back to the Balanced Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. I am going to keep today's intro short and sweet because I am heading to Bali tonight. And by the time you listen to this episode, I will have been there for a couple of weeks decompressing and healing and soaking in all of the magical healing energy of the island of Bali. So I'm going to soak in my family and Hudson for just the last couple hours that I have with them. Wow, there's an angry driver in Brentwood. If you guys hear someone honking, that's on my end, not on yours. I've heard some funny messages from people before when they hear honking or something in the background saying that they thought that that was happening when they were driving near them. And that's happened to me listening to my own podcast before. So that's what happens when I record on my busy street in Brentwood. So... Today, we have the amazing founder of Four Sigmatic, Taro, who is such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the fungi kingdom of mushrooms. He has been foraging mushrooms for his whole entire life. He grew up in the Netherlands and has such an interesting story. So if you've ever wondered why mushrooms are medicinal, healthy, give us energy, our healing, and all of those other amazing qualities that have been coming to light about mushrooms and the rest of the fungi kingdom and the reason why mushrooms have become so trendy in the health and wellness space, medicinal adaptogenic mushrooms, then you're in the right place because Taro and I break it all down. He talks all about it. He answers all of my questions and I'm just really happy to have him here. So before we dive into the episode, I wanted to thank our sponsor who, surprise, surprise, is Four Sigmatic. And I just want to tell you about a couple of my favorite products from Four Sigmatic. So I have been loving the caffeine-free chaga. I've loved it for a while, not only because it gives me energy in the morning ever since I've been off of coffee, but also because it tastes really good. It has no caffeine at all, so it gives me no jitters whatsoever, but also because it mixes really well with hot water, hot coconut milk, and stevia which is my favorite way to enjoy caffeine-free chaga. I froth it. I sip it like a little adaptogenic latte. It's extremely healthy. Doesn't give me that crash and burn that coffee gives me. Gives me so much energy. And I can also enjoy it in the afternoon without being kept awake all night, like is what happens when I drink coffee. And I've been off of coffee for about five months now. And for Sigmatic is the sole reason why I have been able to do that and why I've been able to maintain it in my life. So huge kudos to Taro and to everybody else who works for Four Sigmatic. They have such an incredible team of humans behind them. They also have a store on Abbott Kinney. So if you're in Los Angeles, you can visit them on Abbott Kinney. You can hit up Erewhon afterwards where they're also sold. And you can also shop them online at Four Sigmatic. 
head over and use the code BLONDE, that is B-L-O-N-D-E, at checkout to get 15% off of your Four Sigmatic order. A couple of other people who you may have heard on this podcast who love Four Sigmatic are Mary Beth LaRue, Luke Story, the biohacker of all biohackers, and so many of my blogging friends like Nicole from No Bread, Rachel Mansfield, basically tons and tons of my wellness tribe. I'm all about the mushroom coffee, all about saving our hormones from going through that crazy blood sugar spike and crash that coffee gives us. And I'm also all about the taste and the adaptogenic benefits that adaptogenic mushrooms give to us and our healing process. So enjoy this episode. I'm sending you guys so much love from Bali. Follow along on Instagram at The Balanced Blonde and... Let's dive into this episode with Tarot and learn a ton about shrooms. Hi guys, I'm sitting here with the amazing Tarot, the founder of Four Sigmatic, which I talk about on this podcast all the time. I don't know if you know that, but I, everyone listening certainly does because Four Sigmatic is hands down my favorite company, like Amazing. favorite brand that I've come across in a really long time. So it's so special to have you here to talk about the magic of mushrooms. Thanks for having me on. Of course. What are your favorite products? That's such a good question. My favorite, so I'm not doing caffeine mm-hmm. at the moment. If I do drink caffeine, and good that like, I didn't bring you any caffeine I know, products. You, intuitively knew. Yeah, you, you totally <laughs> knew. You had the wavelength. So I, if I have caffeine at this time, with all the health issues that I've been having, that I was telling you about before we started recording, I will just, I'll get super inflamed. I'll feel like I'm outside of my body, just kind of like all over the place. So I'm keeping it really caffeine-free. And I love the caffeine-free chaga for that reason. However, I still feel like it makes me really amped up, like coffee. Is that true? Well, it is like an adaptogen. So adaptogens are herbs and a few mushrooms that really like support the body's own energy system. So mm-hmm. it balances whatever you are. So it helps you adapt to stressors. And, and uh, you know, you just might feel more energized because of that. And I mean, I feel if I eat sometimes a soup or a salad, if I just match the right foods at the right time, I feel energized. Mm-hmm. And if I eat kind of poorly, I feel pooped out. So, so true. Feel, so food is fuel. And I think that could also be it. And also if you're craving for something, like sometimes I crave for like magnesium and salts and I have like one piece of chocolate or something like that. And and I feel like so pumped up. I feel like just refueling yourself with the right nutrients can be also the thing. So true. So that's my current favorite. I have it every single day. Yay. And I love the hot cacao, which is why I'm so glad that you just brought me this new one that has ginger instead of cayenne. Because yep. I didn't even realize until you said it that cayenne is a nightshade. And yeah. I'm trying to stay away from it. I mean, from normally those. you have a very low dose of cayenne. It's not like a nightshade that like you'll just eat a bowl of. 
It's mm-hmm. like a little sprinkle. Yeah, I but be on fire. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think it's like if you have an issue with nightshades, I don't think it would be like the first thing you would remove. But if you play it like 100%, then yes, that would be a little bit of an issue. So that's why ginger is another equally like healthy. Cayenne can be very healthy as well, but ginger is like a heat energy you know, natural lowers inflammation type of a thing. So that's why we just replaced that to really accommodate everyone. It's exciting. Yes. What's <laughs> your favorite product? Well, right now, I've been drinking a lot of matcha. I'm not that sensitive to caffeine actually, but I've still noticed that matcha has something for the cognitive function, especially if you pair it with lion's mane that I really enjoy. It's another way to get chlorophyll. I do have a green smoothie every day. But sometimes like my full meals don't, I I forget to have a salad or something. So Mm -hmm. having like two times a day of, you know, source of chlorophyll is like, I think quite vital, huge fan of green things. So so matcha has been as of late. So mushroom matcha with lion's mane has been a go-to. And delicious. And how do you make it? Do you use it with hot water? Do you add like sweetener or anything? What's your favorite? I don't add a sweetener. That's not my way to jam. I do like the bitterness. It sounds really funny. This is such a guy answer, but uh, it really depends on how hot the water is. Because sometimes like I make it too hot and then I add a splash of almond milk. Mm -hmm. But if I make it just right, I don't add anything. So it's (laughs) like, it doesn't even come from the flavor or anything. It's just like, such a do thing. I just boil it too hot and then I'm like, ooh, it burns my mouth and I just pour. That's so funny. <laughs> um, that reminds me, my boyfriend, Jonathan, he's definitely the biggest fan of your company, like more than anybody else that I know. Yeah. And he has like a whole concoction where he adds like tons of different packets mm-hmm. to one. He blends it. He loves things to be super hot. He like physically cannot get his mouth burned, which is crazy. That's a good skill. I yeah. Know. And uh, I'm, on top of that, I've been obviously, I test all these new products. Like we're pretty actively coming up with new products. Like we, we're not that company who thinks that every product should be perfect from day one. Like rather make a product we like ourselves and get it on the market, listen to people, adjust and uh, go from there. So if like, if we change the recipe or something, we don't consider it to be a failure. So I'm constantly testing for new products we're launching or updating. So yeah, it's like a, sometimes a little bit of a laboratory me. <laughs> yeah, that's so fun. So walk us through how the inspiration struck to start for Sigmatic. When did you start it? What made you think that you were going to launch this company at a time when mushrooms were not necessarily having their moment yet? I yeah. keep saying mushrooms are like in the spotlight right now. Yeah, at least in, I guess, everybody listening to this podcast. Yeah, like, in our health circles. conscious. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's still a lot of work to be done on the totally. average consumer. But nevertheless, I guess when we started, nobody was really talking about them. Which was when? In 2012, out of Europe. And then we've been in the US soon, three years. So basically, first few years, we started out in Finland. That's where I was born and raised. And uh, inspiration for the company, originally through my mother. So I'm a 13th generation family farmer and a forager. My mom taught me forging. So I went to forge mushrooms, berries, shoots, leaves, whatever. And then I went to an environmental school that my 
on my dad's side, my great grandfather helped found where we're like collecting wild things over the summer and fall and, you know, making nests for owls, eating organic food. And uh, that's kind of the original inspiration for just like natural health, you know, foraging, eating off the land. That's, and then later, I studied chemistry and nutrition, but I was working with pro, pro athletes. And, and, and one of the problems with natural health is that it is, you know, more safer, but it's not always the, as effective as synthetic things. You know, drugs affect your body quite a lot faster, but they also might come with side effects versus eating healthy all the time. But the holistic lifestyle is, you know, in my books, I believe that natural is better than synthetic in most cases. But I struggle sometimes finding like, convincing people of it because they would take some herb for six weeks and they don't notice anything. They're on this regimen. They might take 15 things at a day, but they don't really feel anything. But if they have a cup of coffee, they feel it. If they have something maybe not so healthy, like uh, some supplements like or something like that, they would feel it immediately. So that's why I was always loved working with these functional mushrooms because they were one of the natural things that would give these noticeable results. So my first love there was a mushroom called cordyceps, which is a very like uplifting, energizing. It's usually the mushroom, if I would give to someone, they would, they would notice immediately like a surge of energy without caffeine or sugar. So that was the kind of it. But nevertheless, you know, Four Sigmatic was also founded because I couldn't find the products on the market like commercially like that I could buy and just go get what I wanted. Like it was a whole ordeal too get mushrooms the way I wanted them. So, What's the way that you want them? Well, I want them how they've been used for thousands of years. So the actual mushrooms, a lot of the products on the market were, you know, the root system of fungi. Fungi is the kingdom, the biological kingdom. And, and you would be eating the roots and not the actual mushroom. So the actual mushroom is called the fruiting body. It's that stereotypical, you know, stem and cap. So your mushroom emoji or whatever. <laughs> and uh, that's the part that, you know, squirrels or moose or deer eat. That's what our indigenous people have been eating. You cannot forage for the mycelium that is underground. It's vital for the environment, but it's not really meant for, you know, mammal consumption or, um, or just a human consumption. So I wanted the fruiting body, the actual mushroom. And, uh, and unfortunately, these mushrooms are not bioavailable raw. So even if you would follow or eat predominantly raw, you wouldn't want to eat these raw. So they need to be extracted, kind of like, almost like bone broth is cooked and then consumed or some, or even I guess um, how coffee is made, but in a much longer version. So you don't eat the coffee bean, you eat the brew of the coffee bean. So something like that is called a decoction and that was just not available on the market. And if there were some products that were like close to the quality I wanted, they were in capsules and I just prefer eating or drinking my medicine, so to say, than swallowing a you know a bowl of capsules. Even though sometimes it, it is easier, but I just don't. I feel like when the body tastes what it's about to absorb, it already like aligns to that you know wavelength, and your enzymes and everything gets ready to absorb it. That's why I think I enjoy the flavor of what I'm about to enjoy. So. Yeah. So now that Four Sigmatic is growing and is here as well as in Finland, mm-hmm. how do you ensure that the ingredients are still up to par for you being used to foraging and like being as natural close to the earth as possible? 
Well, I think uh, what has been challenging and beautiful starting a company is that it is literally your baby at first. But now at six years, it's a toddler and it's about to go to first grade at school or something like yeah. that. And it takes a village to grow a baby. So I'm fortunate to have amazing team of people who've dedicated around a certain topic in the area, such as like one person is just doing lab testing and you know, quality control. So it's a combination of a lot of things like really, really building domain knowledge. Unfortunately, in the food industry, people will love to know a little bit about a lot of stuff. And unfortunately in food, you have to really be, you know, go kind of vertically deep into whatever your domain is. And that's what it's been taking for quite a long time. You know, me, I started my first mushroom venture 12 years ago and I feel like still I have had so much to learn. But just going vertically deep. And then we do a process that's like industry speak. So, you know, but it's, we do hold and release. And it's like this process, which very few companies do and kind of especially in food. But it means that like we hold the product after it's produced until release it and the release action happens after we've reserved, received the lab test from a third party lab. So most companies will like just launch it and maybe test it after or not at all or spot test it. Every batch with us will not leave the packaging production facility before it's been released by a third party lab that we use to test for purity. But then there's other tests. There's like flavor, you know, sometimes you might have a pure product, but the flavor is off. Something might have been oxidized. There is you know, visual cues. There's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, there's so much that goes <laughs> into it. Well, that's so interesting. Yeah. So I think a big question from a lot of people listening is what's the difference between the mushrooms in your products versus like a shiitake mushroom in a vegetable scramble or something like that? Well, first of all, I'm a huge fan of shiitake mushrooms. Maybe not so much of a butter mushroom or that cremini portobello, but shiitakes are delicious, mm -hmm. first of all, and they are also pretty good for you. But I guess the answer is like the normal common culinary mushrooms and then these functional mushrooms is there's few kind of general differences. One is that these healthy mushrooms or healthier mushrooms uh, grow on trees. Actually, shiitake as well grows on trees. It grows in a very specific tree and that's where the shi comes from. And the taki is Japanese means mushroom, but it's like the mushroom of that tree. So cool. <laughs> I didn't know my that. Maitake, enoki taki. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Maitake, mai means dance. It was because samurais who otherwise were very stoic when they found this mushroom, they started dancing out of joy. That's so cool. <laughs> anyway, back to the digress. <laughs> they grow on trees and not in the ground. And a lot of the health benefits of the mushrooms actually come from the tree, but we can't absorb necessarily the nutrients from the tree. There's exceptions. There's certain barks that we can eat, sap that we can collect. Um, but generally speaking, trees are really healthy. You know, almost all indigenous cultures, for example, had a world tree. You know, this tree that was a it's almost like the Avatar movie, the Navi people and the tree and the tree of life. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's some healthy trees that we consume in the health for circle like baobab or coconut or, or things like that. But um, um, generally speaking, the mushrooms can collect energy off the trees. And then because mushrooms and fungi originally is much closer to humans than plants are, we're about half the same DNA 
It's more. That's crazy. Yeah, you're half so mushroom. We're half mushroom. So that's, that's why. Weird. So actually, that could be to kind of like what we discussed originally. Health issues is that mushrooms can make you really sick as well, and a lot of like fungal diseases and gut health are negative issues. So the story of my life. Yes, but the problem is like then you shouldn't label a whole kingdom good or bad. So certain plants can actually hurt you like kind of the nightshades, like certain plants are not healthy for you, even lethal. Certain animals can be really dangerous. Like if you have here, a wild animal can eat us both. And then we have Hudson here (laughs) hanging out. Yeah, the sweetest little boy ever. So when something is a kingdom, it doesn't mean it's good or bad. It's just, it's a huge diversity of plants and animals and bacteria. Some bacteria is horrible for you, like Lily or... And some really heal you. So just having that same mindset when looking at fungi, some of them will hurt you, some of them will heal you. And the healing ones usually grow on trees and and they're a little harder to prepare, but they are very nutrient dense. So that's a good okay. way to start. Yeah, that that helps because I feel like a lot of people hear mushroom coffee and they think, ew, because of, you know, mushroom that we're used to consuming with a range of vegetables, but it tastes so different. It's like a completely different experience. Yeah. I, I remember um, I was living in Paris a while back and I, my mom came over and we do eat raw fish, like raw salmon in Scandinavia and stuff. But I took her to like a Japanese restaurant and there was sushi she totally freaked out. She was like, raw fish. Like, well, I was like, why would I eat it? And uh, a funny thing that in, in Finland, we have this top, one of the biggest magazines always lists the, the story 50 years ago in the same magazine back in the day. And there was a story of like oranges arriving to Finland and orange was like an exotic thing. And I believe even common Christmas present was to give oranges two kids. So That's it's just so funny, funny how culinary flavors come and go and there's trends and whatever. But definitely mushrooms have been out of trend for the last few decades, but it was like something our grandparents would enjoy. And uh, it's kind of coming back now again with the fermented foods were out of style for a while. Like nobody would buy sauerkraut. Totally. It, like yeah, sauerkraut, like gross. It tastes horrible. Good. Yeah. Right. It's like and now it's smelly. having such a moment. Yeah. Just like... Just like the mushrooms. Totally. And mushroom coffee doesn't taste like mushrooms because these- Exactly. It was used in, sorry to be such a homer, but Finnish Mm -hmm. people drink more coffee than anybody else in the world. So about three times more than Americans, which is insane, obviously. Yeah. And uh, during Second World War, we were kind of attacked both by the Russians and the Germans and we ran out of coffee beans. So we started brewing these mushrooms because they taste like kind of like coffee. So that was the inspiration for mushroom coffee. But- the flavor is much more like a coffee or cacao or dark black tea mm-hmm. than the flavor of what you imagine like a portability. Exactly. That's how I describe it to people. It's it's so different than what people would think of when they think of mushroom. Yeah. Typically. It's still like earthy. Right. But it, I like that earthy flavor. And maybe like a little savory. Um, but it's it's definitely not like what you would imagine to taste like. So totally. You have to try it yeah, to know. Everyone it. listening, I guess you're just gonna <laughs> it's have kinda, to try it's kinda, it. How do you explain the flavor of a lemon to someone who's never had a lemon? Right. So same I know, here. It's, it's, like, it's like, oh, it's like it's like gritty, earthy, yeah. not really sort of like coffee. My favorite quote is a, a while back somebody says my products taste like campfire. 
Oh, and yeah. I, I, I was like, that's a great one. I like that. Yeah, because yeah. it tastes like, yeah, being outside, yeah. one with the earth. I love that. So what are your thoughts? Um, because you're so familiar with the kingdom of mushrooms on psychedelic mushrooms. Well, um, well, what we know for sure, and there's a, so there's like easy, like this is a topic where people's emotions pro or against often come. And I feel like a lot of people are not that educated on the fundamentals. So let's go with what we can probably, everybody can agree on is one is that they've been part of our ancestors' life. Like if our, like there's a lot of cave paintings in like Algeria, Spain, you know, Central America, where we've seen that people have had these connections with these psychoactive mushrooms. It doesn't mean that that's the reason why we should consume something. Like some of these indigenous cultures did sacrifices of humans. <laughs> yeah. Like not all things they did were great, but like they've been part of our history for a long time. Um, same with a lot of uh, religious and pagan rituals are around them. Um, not all of them are legal as well, but generally speaking, the most famous one, the psilocybin mushrooms, they are considered illegal in the United States. Like they have no health benefits to them as of right now. Um, there are some initial studies from New York University, John Hopkins University, around their use for certain specific cases. Maybe somebody is like, they have terminal cancer and they're depressed or, you know, I guess uh, PTSD is one kind of like an, possible area of focus around these. But um, so there's more research coming, um, but they've been used for a long time. Where I come from, we've, uh, our indigenous people and my ancestors called the Sami people, they would have this not illegal psychedelic mushroom called Amanita muscaria. That is the mushroom emoji. It's the red mushroom with the white no dots. And, but it's that also- so cute. It is cute, but it is, uh, it's a pretty dark one in a way that it's also <laughs> oh, poisonous. Oh God. You're not going to die from it. It's not lethal, but you're going to throw up and it's kind of like- Oh wow, like a purging experience kind Yeah. Of. And uh, there's a whole story to go around that. But uh, nevertheless, like they've been around and there's more research around them. And I guess like- not to say like argue for them, they are non-addicting forming and psilocybin doesn't cause addiction. You actually build tolerance for it. So you can even, even if you would build emotional connection to it, the next day you would have to take more and more to achieve the effect. So your body gets builds tolerance, mm. um, but they, they, they don't cause addiction. So they're non-addicting for me. But according to FDA currently, they also don't have any benefits. Uh, maybe I'll leave it at that, but I guess- That's a lot of info. That's good. <laughs> You're so well-versed on all different kinds of mushrooms. I mean, the reason why I ask for a couple different reasons is because I am so interested in- that type of plant medicine for yeah. spiritual reasons, like spiritual awakening. And I've had some plant medicine experiences mm -hmm. with different types of mushrooms where I felt closer to who I am, like to my soul, to my spirit than I have ever in my whole life. Yep. But I believe, you know, it's plants. It's so different than doing something as like a party drug. Well, what we also know of them is that they've never been... Like the institutional people didn't use them for recreational purposes. They were entheogens. Like they were way to achieve higher spiritual connection. Right. And it's funny. It's like the difficult thing with some of these esoteric things is when you research them, 
you have to find a variable, something that is like quantifiable. And there's been a couple themes that in these studies they come across with all people. One is how to handle with death. A lot of people see death and uh, of past people in their life. Maybe they knew who died, handled that, or their own death, like and handled that, and they come out like. Like in the case, if you have terminal cancer, you're kind of like, no, it's like, oh, you know, I'll die quite soon. Right. How to handle and they come out happier at the end. Not always, but that is a common theme. Mm-hmm. And the other one that what you mentioned is is a kind of unity in connection with something bigger than yourself. And uh, usually people do find um, that. Additionally, like a lot of people use it without saying that that would happen. But like there is initial proof on like, creating new neural pathways. So this neuroplasticity and like ability to literally think outside the box. Right. So. Yeah. That's been my experience is it kind of, we have this box we as humans can see within. And once you see beyond it in a way, which could happen in different ways for everybody, meditation, plants, anything, it's, yeah. it's hugely Well, awakening. how would I say is uh, I would describe... Um, Meditation, breath work, and these medicinal mushrooms, these that for sigmatic creates as like surfing. Sometimes you catch a wave, sometimes you don't. You have totally. to you have to be in the moment. You have to really be in the moment. And I kind of consider that to be like the everyday magic. And I would say psychedelic mushrooms such as psilocybin is more like snowboarding, hmm. like off pissed. <laughs> like you're gonna guarantee an experience. You're coming down the hill. Like there's no wave to catch. The hill is there and you come down. Come down rolling or you come down, you know, just like slamming it. Yeah, uh, that's such a good metaphor. So uh, you can achieve a lot of great benefits by meditating, connecting with nature, um, using like mushrooms like lion's mane for cognitive function. But it it is more subtle compared to obviously what psychedelics will do. But it is like a great starting point. And I think they supplement each other quite a lot. Yeah. So what would you say the best mushroom would be to meditate with? I've seen in life, like at least like two pretty distinctly different types of group of meditators. And um, there are people who have a very busy mind. And Many of us. Yes. I, I guess everyone has a busy mind, but some people have exceptionally busy mind. and And then... For them, they need the heart to kind of like calm down for whatever reason that may be. I would recommend reishi mushroom. The Chinese say it increases your shen, kind of your present like moment. And it's shown to kind of support with occasional stretch management. So it kind of calms you and grounds you. So that's the one. And then there are people who already very or more grounded and they want to reach another level. And neither one of these are, by the way, better or for worse. It's just how the brain works. So, and in that case, the lion's mane mushroom and is not made out of the mane of a lion, just the name for that mushroom. It is a mushroom that grows on the tree. And that one can really kind of support your neuro factors and nervous system and your brain that might create more like creativity and imagination and thinking. So the other one is more grounding, earthing, and the other one is more like creativity and thinking. So... Those mm. might be the two to consider at first. Very helpful. So then when you would you say reishi would be the best for sleep if it's 
calms down the mind. Correct. Or if you are just incredibly stressed. So the difference between like a melatonin pill or some kind of sleep medicine is that it's sedative. So it will just knock you out. So you can't really have that early in the morning or you shouldn't or before driving a car. But when we talk about these adaptogens, even though Rishi is like suggested to use in the late afternoon, evening, you could have it first thing in the morning if you're just like, you have a panic attack from day one and you're like, ooh. And if you have, if you drink a cup of coffee, you it's feel like drinking, pouring a cup of asshole into yourself and you just like freak out and you panic. And in those cases, you could use it in the morning as well. So Interesting. But generally speaking, yes, that would be a nighttime evening type of mushroom. Cool. So what's the connection between mushrooms and our gut health? Because I know that there's so many different healing properties of mushrooms. And where would we begin with all of that? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll start with a little more esoteric and then I'll go into the practical. So I believe that in my lifetime, we'll see a new kingdom be discovered. So originally, we only had a couple kingdoms. Now we're to five or six. And I believe that the connection there will be around somewhere around like yeast, the synergistic benefits of like mushroom and bacteria. A lot of people might know kombucha. And that's an, you know, a marriage of mushrooms, obviously the tea itself mm-hmm. and, and using sugar, but the, the scope itself is a, is a symbiotic relationship between bacteria and fungi. And it creates these, a lot of these probiotics. And that, by the way, prebiotics that mush, uh, bacteria eat, mushrooms are prebiotics, generally speaking. So prebiotics are the food for bacteria. So bacteria and fungi have this relationship, both good and bad together, that they work really kind of like well together. And... Um, For that reason, the prebiotics, the mushrooms are, they support gut health and healthy gut biome. But also they, for some reason, they, well, the main ingredients in these functional mushrooms, these polysaccharides, beta glucans and active compounds are incredibly well studied. There's like thousands of researches on them, research papers. They get absorbed in the gut. And so there's like increasing the amount of research on improving gut biome with mushrooms. But I think it's due to the connection with bacteria and fungi naturally have in the planet. So for some reason, they just like support each other. Cool. Um, so if there was someone like me who has lots of gut health issues and absorption, digestion, parasites, all that kind of stuff, would there be something that you would recommend in the kingdom? Yeah, it's funny that you said, but the chaga mushroom is probably the pretty, maybe the most gut friendly mushroom to me. And that's really like healing and soothing for the belly. The other ones would be the reishi. There's a, quite a lot of studies on gut and gut. I'm gut biome improvement on reishi. And then maitake and maybe turkey tail would be that. That would be the top four. But yeah, chaga and reishi would be like great for the gut. Oh, so maybe my body knew and that's why I keep gravitating toward the chaga lately. I would say the body with you and everyone else always knows. Sometimes we just ignore it. (laughs) So (laughs) true. It's like your mom who's right, but you don't want her to be right and you argue against it. Exactly. The body always knows. Every time I listen, things just get better. So a big question that that I have, because it seems like now that mushrooms and adaptogens are so trendy and really in the spotlight is that I see people like mixing all these different adaptogens together all the time and 
like putting it on Instagram and it's all very trendy. Is there any combination that you wouldn't recommend or that would be like too much? Could you overdo it? Yeah, there's two parts to it. Yeah, they're very trendy. And uh, people sometimes ask like, or is there a new next year, a new thing coming up? And I just find it funny because like fungi have been here <laughs> 2.4 billion years, like much right. longer than any animal has been here or even plants. So yeah, they're I not just, going anywhere. Yeah. I, yeah. I think uh, the human species will go away sooner than the fungi will. I know, how crazy. So, but as far as like the use case, um, there's absolutely, there is a herbalistic thing. So a lot of people, they go online and they look like, benef- Google the benefits of Shisandra or whatever can go below. But they're like, oh, that's really nice. I'll just add it. And trust me, I've add been there. Add it to everything. Yeah, I, trust me. I've been there, done some horrible potions in my life, both from flavor point of view, but also sometimes not synergistically that smart. So there's absolutely core principles in herbalism that will be beneficial to use. But also from an economic point of view, if you, you get more bang for your buck, like when the you know, mechanics of action are aligned and you have like a main herb and a supporting herb and, you know, balancing herb. And and those are important. It's like, could you do yoga in any sequence you ever want? Yes, 100%. But is there certain sequences that are very naturally flowy? Mm. Yes, as well. So I wouldn't like worry about that. It wouldn't be like something I would say is, um, hey, you shouldn't add rhodiola, which is, you know, more uplifting with Rishi and that you should only use Tulsi and Ashwagandha with Rishi because they're equally like grounding. Yeah, I mean, you could you could just use Cordyceps and Rishi at the same time. That's not at all a problem. Um, but there are certain blends that are better than others. But I would just focus more around when something gets trendy around the quality and the dosage. There's a lot of products out there not just with mushrooms and adaptogens, but in generally in health that just like to put the label, it's like a cool name, trendy name. But then there's like such a small amount of it or the quality is not even the bioactive ingredient. Like you should use the root and they've used the leaf. Like where all the studies are on the root and then they just use the leaf. Like uh, they can say that they use that thing plant in it, but or they use like an active compound. They use like one-tenth of what is an active dosage. You know, so mm-hmm. therapeutic dosage or whatever we want to call it. So I would just focus more on that and then let your flavor buds and intuition guide you through the word. Right? Because if we now start to go through like a whole herbalistic master course, you'll just get confused. So <laughs> trust flavor and not, though they are strong flavors. So prepare, it's not candy that you're eating, but nevertheless, like trust that and then intuition and just uh, otherwise just focus on the quality and having enough. Good tips. So speaking of intuition, listening to your intuition to blend different mushrooms together, how do you work on strengthening your intuition and what are your spiritual practices like? Well, um, I think it's really important to, um, first of all, find the range. Like that is really important. Before you can like find that, if the goal is to find the golden middle road or the balanced, whatever balance means to you, I think it's important to know the limits of both extremes. So the pendulum needs to swing pretty far. And the thing is like, it's hard obviously here by voice explain it, but like think of a pendulum swinging and it's a really 
short swing, and then you consider to be gravitates towards the center point, right, of that swing. Suddenly, you meet some person or read a book or have a life experience that shows a drastic swing to one of the extremes. Now, your center point changes as well. So, when we talk about intuition or gallop, calibrating or balance or whatever you want to call it, you know, your true north, I feel like you need to be exposed to extremes. And this is in every form of life. Like if we live in Los Angeles in a beautiful climate, it's almost always warm here. It's really important to expose yourself to cold climates. So you see the extreme of, of like extreme cold, like minus 30 Fahrenheit, and just like see that your body remembers, okay, this is it. And then same with like going to a third world country, seeing people who live in a very basic situations and remembering that, you know, it's a pretty good life that we're grateful to live. Even if you sometimes don't have the latest, greatest thing that you want, the gadget, you don't have an infrared sauna at your place yet. (laughs) That's what I want. It's coming. But but at that point, you can also be grateful for just everything you already have versus focusing on the things you don't yet have. So there's a very meta like answer to intuition, but I feel like the calibration and the range is really important. Yeah, that's beautiful. I haven't ever had someone answer that way. And it's so true to just tap back into why we're grateful to live this life that we live. So as far as like your daily spiritual practices, yoga, meditation, what do you do? Yeah, I do uh, yoga every day at some capacity, sometimes more, sometimes less, almost always in the morning. And uh, it is not as much of a spiritual practice, even though breath is involved with me. It's more of just like, you know, it's a physical practice for me. Though it probably doesn't hurt to, for just like balance in general. But why I do it is just to open up my hips, my back, my like just my body. And and uh, I like to more of a yin, slow, calm you know, a mobility type of a thing versus in the morning. And then I do a tougher workout like midday, you know, sometimes incorporating yoga, but all, all sorts of other movement. And then on, um, as far as like meditation or spirituality practice, I think for me, it's like connecting with nature is really important. And then physical elements with whatever I do. So I will find a better way to connect with nature, like running up and down of mountains by myself, connecting with nature, no music, nobody to talk to, just quiet. But also like a little bit of suffering, like sweating, it's a little hot, a little tired, I want to give up. And then you go to self-talk, I'm going to give up. No, but you don't have to, you have plenty of energy left. All that like process helps me, the physical part. I also like to like nap every day. That's really important practice for me in general. Reset and I- so cool. And I nap infamously on a nail bed. And that even that little pain. Oh, like that acupressure bed type of no, thing? No, like an actual nails. Which side of the nail? So so the nothing away from the plastic ones, those little like uh, lotus flowers, things. They're not that strong. So uh, I have like seven millimeter kind of like nails, or I guess you could call them spikes, but there's like a lot of them next to each other and got it from like Eastern Europe. I'm not sure it would be even legal to sell it if you put it on Amazon (laughs) here. But it's like, once you lay yourself equally into it, 
it's not going to penetrate your skin, but your skin will be like, you'll show it in your back for five, six hours. You'll wow. have like, seems like cupping or anything, by mm-hmm. the way. Cupping is very Which popular. Cupping is very popular in Finland. It's very much what our ancestors did. And it's another way of like, you increase blood circulation or take a massage. Even yoga in a way applies to the same principle of like acupressure. Like you squeeze in a certain body part, you release you stretch, you squeeze, you release. And through that, energy flows better. So just another way of doing it. But for me, it helps to get the body going to balance the mind. I think if I just sit down and meditate, and I've done it for a long time, it's not as effective for me as going to a frozen lake or lying on a nail bed or exercising without music or just by yourself. Amazing. How long do you usually nap? I have this now. I've been doing it for so long. It's like, I don't even need a clock, but it's like between 12 to 20 minutes, roughly every day. Like I would never probably go over 20. Plus you're also on top of a nail bed. So the first, if you would fall asleep, which is sometimes do a drowse off for like a couple minutes. Because in that time, you don't fully fall asleep. You just like kind of drowse off a little siesta. (laughs) But if you, the first minute you move, you wake up. Yeah, for sure. Because you get punctured. (laughs) You're like, ouch. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. That sounds like it would actually feel really good for tight shoulders. feels amazing. And after like a minute, you do not feel that. Maybe two minutes, you don't feel Mm -hmm. the pain. Like your body just fully releases. And you can move. Like stillness that a lot of people try to achieve with meditation. There, you literally have to be still. Mm -hmm. And the same way I love like like a frozen lake, like sauna is one of the... It's actually, I think, the only Finnish word in the Oxford Dictionary. And going to sauna on a frozen lake or ocean is just like, you definitely don't think about yesterday's problems or tomorrow's meetings when you're in a frozen ocean. Like, <laughs> True. Like, you're just breathing. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to think deep, breathe, like, breathe deep. You just do it. Right. So. Yeah. It's kind of like bringing those practices that we try to achieve through meditation and other things to just real life circumstances where it actually happens. So you're into the extremes. I see this now. Well, it helps. It helps when it's kind of like to the snowboarding versus surfing experience. It it is like a guaranteed experience. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. But, um, not to say that it's better or worse than just Yeah, it's just what you meditating. do, yeah, which exactly. is awesome. So in terms of Four Sigmatic, you guys are growing really fast, or at least I perceive really fast. And um, you have a store on Abbott Kinney, which is so cute, like such, a, such an amazing location. And that's a big deal to have a brick and mortar store here in like the most popular street in Los Angeles, basically. Mm-hmm. How does that feel? It's pretty funny, actually. It's like a family. Like even before we had the store, I was just hanging out with my friend Teeny's shop. Obviously, if you're listening to this and you're not from LA, but like Apikini is, you know, obviously it's like one of the trendiest streets in the US now, but it's like there's a lot of creative people originally there and it's changing to like fashion brands moving in there and real estate is getting incredible. But my friend Tini's had this shop handle only with love, Howl, for there for a long time. She just hand makes jewelry. And I've been like hanging out there with our friends. And it's literally like a great community already before we even got the shop. So it just feels like home if I'm like short answer. But I do acknowledge that like nearby, it's getting very expensive and people are moving in. 
And so that's why it's also important. Uh, we offer their drinks for free. You don't have to pay anything. Yeah, I just like so cool. Just like give back to the community that's been supporting us from day one. So, ah, so do you live in Venice? No, I just moved to Marina, mm. but I was in Venice and Santa Monica before. So nice. I love the Marina. Yeah, it's a little more quiet. I have to say, is that both in Venice, I was near the beach on Speedway, getting very specific here if you're not familiar. Right. But uh, <laughs> it's a you know, it's a pretty noisy, noisy, and that's like, a busy area. Loud. And uh, you know, I I would prefer probably not to live in a city or in the heart of it. But like right now, as I'm like trying to, you know, preach the gospel around mushrooms. Mm-hmm. It's good to be at the heart of it. Um, so, but like, yeah, it was pretty noisy. So. For sure. So do you see Four Sigmatic opening more brick and mortar stores or focusing on the one store and online or what? Well, I think it helps create community and get more people to try the product. So I think we will. But I mean, our overall mission is just like popularizing these mushrooms and adaptogens. And and I think education is a huge part of it. Obviously, educating person is a little more fun and easier than educating online, but I think both are important. So I think we'll continue to do both. And then creating new products, like for people who, different flavors, different use cases to get, you know, people using the products that might not be into the current ones or, or different ways to approach it. So all of those are important to us to like, keep spreading the mushroom mission. Mm-hmm. And you guys have offices or does everyone kind of bounce around? We're actually a fully distributed team. We're kind of odd in so many things. So we're all <laughs> I like the- odd. I like <laughs> yeah. different. So from day one, we've tried to be, uh, not ever have offices. Technically, we do have like a little, little like basically room in LA and New York and Helsinki. So we can like, if we need to convene, we can convene there. But no, we don't have offices. We don't like offices. We don't like meetings. Oh my we don't gosh, like this managers. company is amazing. <laughs> yeah, we don't like like... Everybody does something really valuable for our customers, but we don't like like structure, like layers that much. So You're speaking to me. Yeah, but I mean, it's still, it's a challenge, especially if some we hire some great employee and they're not familiar with this model. And, and like, even though it's probably like better in many ways, there's an adjustment if they've used to go into an office and nine to five, because again, you have to figure out your own rhythm based on what works the best for you versus mm-hmm. someone else dictating the rhythm for you. So that's why when I was introducing you and I said, so you're the founder, the CEO, you said, really just say founder because you don't really use those terms in your company. Well, we do because of uh, some terms for almost like external purposes. Right, for like your board or that type of stuff. Well, not even that. We don't really, the board is not, it's, it's not, it doesn't really matter. It's because uh, we're like an, you know, almost fully an employee-owned company. Mm. So that's, it's not really that. It's more like if we approach like warehouses or contractors and like, so it's like, for external people who will have a more conventional mindset, like it's like sometimes important that somebody has like a big title so they will ask actually get responded to. That versus makes sense. like it's not like like a chief operating officer, like whatever, but like it's important for those partners that we work with that like to almost validate that. So cool. So as you grow without the offices and all that kind of stuff, how do you keep the company culture, 
Like, how do you keep everybody close and on the mission and everything? What's kind of your approach to that? Well, to the um, discussion point I said about, you know, being a toddler and whatever. And now there's like, they're going to school and they have teachers. And it's like, just curating that environment is really important that you have alignment, but also being okay with everybody adding their own flavor. So new people come to the team, they add their own spice to the mix, but they need the core values to be the same. So we spend a lot of time defining who we are and it's like such like corporate jargon to talk about values. So we like always try to like put them in practice and that is really important. And then uh, two or three times a year, we have these team weeks when we fly somewhere like Finland or now we're going to Santa Barbara and spend like close off our computers and just spend a few days together in person. And those are really important. So, and those are like really valuable moments, but I guess it's like every day just by our own actions. Culture is, you could come up with a great slide deck or video about it, but it really like comes down to practice. Like how, if you buy our products and contact our customer service, how is that customer service experience for you? Yeah. And if you call us, leave us a voicemail, go to our live chat, what is your experiencing? And that is the kind of the somewhat the reality. Amazing. Sounds like you guys have a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, it's also like like not being controlled by like venture capital or whatever. It allows us also to do like whatever the F we want sometimes. Like For sure. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you have to be an adult. Like a long time we've been around, we've been like out of stock and you just can't, like you have to take it still seriously. Like because that, cause some people love our products and then we're out of it. Like, oops. I know. So, that did happen when I, <laughs> when I first started podcasting about Four Sigmatic and I was like raving about the matcha because that's when I was still drinking caffeine and like raving, raving, raving. And I started getting all these messages like, oh my God, they're out of matcha. I was like, don't worry. I trust them. They'll be back up soon. Well, we were back up soon, but it was more way more popular than we thought. Anyway, it's like (laughs) a lot of that kind of stuff is like, you just need to also grow up. I like to back to, not to uh, be on this anecdote forever, but like if you, if you're a new parent and you have your first child, like, you have your best intentions, but you don't always know. For sure. It's a huge I mean, as a guy, curve. like how do I change diapers type of stuff? You're like, ooh, you know, mm-hmm. like, so you kind of figure out certain things on the way, not because you don't want to do the best thing, but you, it's like your first or second or third time doing it. So that applies to us as well. So, but you need to like also understand that you need to get better in every area. You mm-hmm. know? So yeah. There's a lot of love put into the business though. Of so. course, yeah. And the branding, how did you come up with that? Because it's my personal favorite. I think it might have been what like kind of drew me in to begin with before I fell in love with the product itself. What about the branding? There's um, so many elements like the packaging. The or? packaging, the colors, the the whole vibe. It's like a whole aesthetic vibe. So, I mean, again, it's like everybody's involved. I like to be involved in branding. Now we have a brand manager, but I guess like a lot of the credit goes to this duo, uh, Marcus and Yuho. It's almost like Yuho without the L. And these two guys grew up on the same street in Nokia, Finland. Yes, that is a town. And that is where few of area, the Tampere area in Finland, where we're from. And they grew up on the same street and they started doing photography, graphic design a long time Yuho was a, or is still a comic book artist. And uh, yeah, and they've been part of the journey basically since day one. And, uh, you know, they did 
a lot of the visual stuff. But I mean, there's so many people been contributing for the better of it. But I guess um, the duo of Marcus and Yuho and our team have been yeah. instrumental. It's beautiful. Um, so as we wrap up here, we'll go into the rapid fire questions sure. that I ask everyone okay, who comes on the podcast. Yes. Are you ready for this? Yes. Okay. <laughs> chocolate or vanilla? Ooh, love both. It's a chocolate still. For sure. Um, I was going <laughs> to say, if you say vanilla, you guys will have to come out with something vanilla. Yes, we have a mushroom chocolate that has vanilla though. Mm, so but, it's kind of the combo but of chocolate. both. Yes. Dream vacation. Right now, Lofoten in Norway. Ooh, how come? Love it. Norway, everything about it. Going there in July, August. Oh, I'm going before that to Tulum. But right Ooh. now as I'm in LA and I get plenty of sun, I'm craving for this outback adventure into the rural areas of Norway. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yes. You have to post pictures. Sure. <laughs> Last summer, <laughs> I went naked hiking there. No way. Yeah. Oh my God, how fun. Yeah. I've never been to anywhere in that area. Norway is very beautiful. Oh, so cool. Who are some of your greatest mentors? Mom. There's so many people I draw influence from. One of my friends, Sebastian. And then our team and our customers. And then from people are not a lie, Chuck LaLanne and Anthony DeMello. Mm. So I was going to ask, because you say your mom, are your parents so proud of you for this business you've created based off of like your ancestors' teachings? Actually, like, no, they've like <laughs> always been proud of me. So actually yeah. the best part about them is that when I get back, nothing has changed. Mm -hmm. So whatever quote-unquote success we've created with Four Sigmatic, they've just been uh, stable. So they've been always proud of what me and my brother have done. It's more about like living to your values. But mm -hmm. yeah, no, it's, it doesn't change much. You know? So cool. They're like stable. They sound awesome. Happy medium always. <laughs> do <laughs> they supportive. drink Four Sigmatic? <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so um, awesome. They don't like all of them though. They're very picky. Oh, which ones don't they like? I don't want to bash those products. Right. No, I mean, everybody has different very, taste buds. They do love their coffee though. Mm, that is in chaga. Yummy. Those, those things. Awesome. And now that we have a beauty blend and a hydration blend, they love that. Mom loves that. I'm like excited Like that anti-aging stuff, you yeah, know? Yeah, I'm into those. Yeah. A favorite crystal, if you have one. I would want to answer this, but I'm going to answer what you didn't ask my favorite tree is <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Pine. Ooh, I'll have to look that up. I, I know I went from an element to another, but... Does that mean you don't have a favorite crystal? No, it's like a mood-based. Uh-huh, I see. So, no. Mm -hmm. Understandable. I've heard that you guys have beautiful crystals in your Abbott Kinney store. They're pretty nice. Yeah. Mm, so cool. If you were a color, what color do you feel best represents your energy? Right now, it would be like the color of uh, the Mediterranean Ocean, like blue-green. So pretty. Yeah. Not quite turquoise, but like mm -hmm. blue-green. Like that painting over there? Or is that yeah. too blue? Well, yeah, this is a little too blue, but yes. Close Something to that. similar. Yes. Amazing. Do you have a favorite book or podcast or something that people could check out? Yeah, I have, a, I have a lot. I mentioned Anthony DeMello, his book Awareness. That's a solid one. 
There's Paul Arden has a book, Whatever You Think, Think the Opposite. Huge fan of that. I'll go with those two. Cool. Those are solids. A favorite mushroom? Uh, it's kind of the same. I can't really pick a one, but I can say that as of late, a lot of the shiitake that I've been playing with and Ooh. turkey tail. Turkey tail. Yeah, those are those are those are the ones I've been high recently. But I, I wouldn't call neither of them my absolute favorite mushroom. Mm-hmm. Hard to pick one. Okay, so that concludes our rapid fire. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so tell everyone where they can find you, your social media, Four yeah. Sigmatic, all that stuff. I am not great with social media. Let's be honest with that. I don't have Facebook or whatever. I have an Instagram. I am Tero, T-E-R-O. But the probably great way to follow my work is through Four Sigmatic. So F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C on all socials, whatever. <laughs> is your pick of <laughs> your choice. And we have a free mushroom academy. So if, you, if you're interested in learning about more mushrooms, we have a mushroom academy at foursigmatic.com. Video e-learning, uh, completely free. We have a shroom club. Shroom club. What's in the shroom club? Just a community of mushroom lovers. That's so fun. Yeah. It's free. It's all it's free. So... Just enjoy connecting with people and learning more about mushrooms and sharing your own experiences and hopefully teaching someone else. So pay forward. Yeah, that's so cool. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thanks and for having me. with us about a slice of the kingdom of mushrooms. Because yes. I know there's so much. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode with Taro. He is such a mind boggler, isn't he? He knows so much about mushrooms and fungi and just everything that I have wondered about for so long. So I hope that you feel as enlightened as I did after he left my apartment. He was also wearing the cutest mushroom pants that day. I wish I took a picture so that you guys could see But thank you so much for being here and for listening. Be sure to use the code BLONDE at checkout if you order anything from Four Sigmatic so that you get 15% off of your purchase. And if you would like to keep the conversation going, head over to the Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook. Join and let us know what you thought of this episode and all of our other episodes and make friends from all over the world. And lastly, if you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast, I send out my blogging tips and tricks document to everyone who is kind enough to take time out of their day to do so. So send me a screenshot to jordan at thebalancedblonde.com and I will send you the blogging tips and tricks document. So thank you so much for being here, sending so much healing love and light from Bali and cannot wait to connect when I am back. I love you guys. Mwah.